Hello everyone, I am Jonathan Little. Welcome to episode 201 of Weekly Poker Hand. Today we're going to be going through another hand from the same 5-5 game that took place at Stone's Gambling Hall. And today we're going to see another hand featuring Scott B. So, again, if you are listening to this on iTunes, I definitely suggest you watch it at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash WPH. Also, I have a lot of blogs there. Each week I post an educational poker blog, and it takes a lot of time and effort, and I suggest you check it out. All right, so here we are, like I said, playing 5-5, and Scott raises under the gun plus one to $35 with pocket nines. So I'm trying to look around this and find under the gun, and I'm thinking under the gun has to straddle because I imagine Scott is going to be using fairly good preflop raise sizes, and $35, seven big blinds, does not make sense from a good player. I definitely think Scott B is a good player. So he makes it 35 bucks under the gun plus one. I'm going to presume there's a straddle. And now, looking around the table, the only other reasonable hands are... Ace Queen of Hearts on the button, which should very likely call a early position raise, because if you re-raise and your opponent sticks around, you're usually not very happy because again, under the gun players should be raising quite strong hands. So I expect Peter to call on the button. And then in the small blind, I see Bill with Queen Jack suited. If you're playing 5-5 five, five, and someone makes it 35, you should probably still call a Queen Jack suited out of position. If you're playing like one or th two five or three five, you should probably fold. I know that may not sound like a whole lot, but um, an extra two or three dollars really does matter when you're playing a marginal hand like Queen Jack suited from out of position. It is hard to play, well, anything, especially suited connectors from out of position. So let's see what happens. Gets around to Peter on the button with Ace Queen of Hearts. He does put in the call pretty nonchalantly as if there are no other options. At least consider your options. That's said he did have a minute or two ahead of time to figure it out. And sure enough, small blind does call. Everyone else had garbage and they all folded. So good fold everybody else. You do not have to play garbage just because everyone else is playing garbage. All right, flop comes. Jack, five, uh, Jack four, three, two spades. Bill with queen jack in the small blind checks. Now it's on to Scott under the gun plus one with pocket nines. Pot's $115. Stacks are about $1,000 deep. So we're really, really deep. I would probably make a small bet with pocket nines on jack four three. This is a relatively dry board. There are two spades on the flop, and Scott has no spades in his hand. I don't think that matters so much. But this is a pretty nice spot to bet something like $35. That is going to make people who have some equity fold, like imagine Peter here on the button with ace queen of hearts on jack four three. He's probably going to fold to any bet, even if it is as small as $35. And of course, Bill with top pair, he has queen jack, is not going to fold. But at least then you don't face a turn bet because you're going to check check on the turn a lot of the time. And then on the river, if your opponent bets, you can either call or fold based on what you think about your opponent. So I would prefer a small bet for Scott. from Scott. That said, some of the best hands to check are very marginal made hands. Um, however, the time you want to check your marginal made hands are when you are very immune to getting outdrawn. And right here, notice that Scott has to worry about an ace, a king, a queen, or a 10, or a spade on the turn, really making his hand much worse. So given there are a ton of cards Scott does not want to see, I think he should go ahead and bet small. And this is a board where I would bet small with almost my whole range. 
It does go check, 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 though. Um, Peter checks behind with ace-queen of hearts. I think that's fine. I think Peter could also bet small on the flop, similarly to what Scott should do, except for Peter can conceivably bluff on various turns with his ace-queen of hearts. Not because he has very many bluff cards, but because if, say, a spade comes and, let's say, Scott checks call, check calls with his nine, uh, Scott certainly has to worry about the spades, right? So Peter will be able to bluff, and if an ace or a queen comes, he's probably in pretty good shape. Okay, that said, it goes check, check, check. Turn is a three of diamonds pairing the bottom card. I imagine Bill's going to bet. And in this spot, I think Bill should probably make a somewhat large bet of something like $80 into the $115 pot. I imagine Bill has at least some draws here. And whenever you know your range contains a decent amount of draws, and also some made hands, like maybe he has ace three suited for trips. Maybe he has pocket fours for a boat. Maybe he has queen jack for top pair. With those hands, you often want to make a somewhat sizable bet to cut down on your opponent's odds and make any call they make bad. Um, you will see some people instead make a very small bet in this scenario, but in this spot, I think there are a lot of draws available, and when there are a lot of draws available, you typically want to be betting on the bigger side. Obviously, there would be more draws available if the board was something like Jack 7-6 as opposed to Jack 4-3, but it is what it is. So... Bill does use the small bet size of about $55, which, you know, don't get me wrong. I think 55 is way better than zero, checking. Um, but I think you can probably extract more value and also allow yourself the opportunity to bluff with more hands and put your opponents in worse spots. So now it's on to Scott with his pocket nines. I think you definitely need to call in this spot unless you know for a fact that Bill is just very tight, straightforward, and is not going to be bluffing very often at all. And... I don't know anything about Bill's game, so I can't give you any information about that. Um, in a generic spot, I would definitely call in Scott's shoes. That's because you have to put in $55 to do a pot that's going to end up being about $230 after you call. And, you know, that means you need to win about 20% of the time or so, and you certainly will. So I'm okay with calling. Obviously, in this spot, he's drawing really thin because he is against the Queen Jack. But I don't think he's always going to be against the queen jack. Sometimes he'll be against the flush draws or even a worse made hand like ace four that decided to bet. Ace queen folds as it should. Rivers a queen of diamonds. And pretty quickly, Bill bets 100 into the 225 pot. So Scott's in a pretty similar spot now to what he was in on the river. Except for now the board got a bit worse because the queen of diamonds came in. So he's getting three to one pot odds. Or a little bit better, so he needs to win like 24% of the time. And it's close. You're going to find that these spots are often very close, and it doesn't really matter what you do, as long as your opponents know you're not just going to fold every time or call every time, right? Because if they know you're going to fold every time, for example, they should just start bluffing with everything. Assuming they think you'll call roughly the right amount of the time, should you call in this scenario? Well, what you want to look at when calling in these spots is how well do you block the hands that make sense to bet the turn and bet the river for this amount. So it's tough to know exactly how Bill would play all of his hands, but let's assume Bill would use the same bet size with all of his hands, which probably is not true, but let's assume that is the case. In this scenario, you really don't want to have any spades in your hand because on the flop, there was a spade draw and the spade draw missed on the river. So having a spade would be quite bad for you. You also want to have a diamond in your hand because the river backdoored a flush 
There was a jack of diamonds on the flop, turns to three of diamonds, river was a queen of diamonds. So if you have a queen, of, uh, if you have a diamond in your hand, it makes it harder for your opponent to have the diamond flush. So if you look at Scott's hand, he has nine of clubs, nine of diamonds. And sure enough, he does not block the spades. So Bill could be bluffing with the spade draws more easily. He also does not block, or he does block the diamond. So it makes it harder for Bill to have a flush. So those two things right there make this a very nice calling spot. Also, he, um, you, you would not suspect Bill to bet the turn and the river when the river's a queen with exactly a jack, right? So that means the only logical hand on the turn that would value bet that contains a jack also is has a queen, which would be queen jack, which just happens to be what he's against. But I would not expect Bill to continue betting with, you know, jack 10, for example. Maybe he would, but I would not expect that. So this is actually a pretty great spot for Scott to call, except for a few very, very clear things that are making me think it's an easy fold. First, Bill just really nonchalantly put out that $100 bet. It's like, yep, got it, $100. When people do that in small and medium stakes games, it's almost always a sign of pretty competent strength. Also, Bill used a somewhat small sizing, 100 into 225. And when people do that, it's usually some sort of decent marginal made hand. It's hard to know if they'll fold it to a raise, but usually it's something reasonable. It's not just total garbage. When people have total garbage, often they mull it over a little bit. They think it over. And then they put out what is often a somewhat big bet. And that's not what we have here. So um, Scott's hand in particular is a reasonable bluff catcher. But I think given the way his opponent played this, I think this is going to be an unfortunate, reluctant fold. So let's see what he does. He thinks it over. Whenever you are considering calling or folding this spot, though, definitely consider your, your cards and your blockers because that is important. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, though, Scott does fold, and I certainly don't fault him. And sure enough, Bill just has what he was representing, right? I mean, I would say Bill played this hand exactly like you would expect him to play Queen Jack. I would love instead for him to have had something like pocket sixes for value. <laughs> I mean, that, that would not be a good play, don't get me wrong, but I would love to see that because that would make me think, oh my God, I really don't know what I'm doing. But he played his hand pretty face up exactly like it was. Scott believed it to be pretty face up and made the good fold. So that's gonna be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Thank you for being here. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, leave them in the comments section wherever you are listening to this. And also share it with your friends. That's by far the most beneficial thing you can do for me because it lets me help more people who want to get better at poker. So thanks again. I'll be back next week with another fun poker hand.